rest of us we turn to Philippians to start with as we continue in our sermon uh, series going into our time of thanksgiving uh, we talked about the first the first message I talked about how how I'm thankful for God's wrath and God's love namely that if it weren't for God's wrath I would never know about his love right and and those things if you missed that one you can go back and, and watch it and then the last week we talked about God's mercy and forgiveness and y'all praise the Lord about that and you amen a bunch of times over that and I don't blame you because it's uh, something that is precious to us so we should be thankful today I'm thankful for God's grace grace and his patience are y'all thankful for God's patience and I'm, I'm especially thankful that God's patience ain't the same as ours. Because I've lost patience with other people. I've lost patience with myself. I've lost, I've even lost, I'm just going to confess, I've even lost patience with God from time to time. And that ain't right, but it's just what happens. Because you want things done or you need things done or stuff's happening. Patience is a hard, hard thing to grow into. And I praise God that his is perfect, his patience. Uh, a preacher uh, by the goes by A.T. Roberts. I don't really know who he is. I, I know that he's a preacher. And he said these words, Consider this, it took God five days to create the heavens, earth, sun, moon, and every living thing. One day to fashion man in his image before the fall of man. Ever since the fall, God has been working on restoring us to him. What patience God has toward us. You ever thought about it that way? Why? My question is, why does it take so God can create man in his image in just one day, according to Genesis? Done. Not hard at all for God. God can create everything that exists. Not hard at all for God. Why does it seem to take this long to restore man to him? You ever, you ever thought about that? I mean, why did why would God need to be patient about that? He's God for, for after all. He can do whatever he wants or, or needs to do. Why don't he just make it happen? That seems like a legitimate question, right? Hopefully I'm not the only one that would ever ask that question. Why doesn't he just make it happen? Because it has to be our choice. Because God does not force himself on his creation. Because that's not real love. That's not genuine love. And God wants us to choose to love him, not to be forced to love him. Because it wouldn't be real. So therefore, he must, what? Wait. Right? He has to wait. Here's what Philippians chapter 1 this thing going right. Philippians chapter 1, let's just read verses 3 through 6. He's, uh, uh, Paul's writing to the Philippians and he says, I thank God, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray uh, with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And here it is in verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, 
You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of y'all feel like you failed God from time to time? Every now and then. It happens. Anybody who's anybody who's trying to be faithful, anybody who's trying to live the Christian life and trying to be committed based on what they understand about the gospel and their commitment at salvation time, which is uh, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. You know the gospel. And it's a journey, isn't it? And some days are better than others. And I got I got I got to tell you, it's like when I first got saved, I was like, woohoo, I'm going to be with God now. I have a way out of the problem that I've created for myself. And before somebody shared the gospel with me, I didn't even know I had created a problem. You know what? I had my kingdom was going fine. I was the king of my kingdom, and it was the way I wanted it. And I, I did not see the problem with that. The problem is, is God, my creator, saw a problem with that. <laughs> He's like, um, no, that's not going to work. We're not doing that. Not if you're with me anyway. So, by his grace and his love and mercy, came along his forgiveness, and I entered into this grace that allows me to be called his. I entered into this way of living that says, I belong to the king, I belong to the creator God, I belong to the best thing going. Not because of me, but because of him. And I get to say that by God's grace. You get to say that by God's grace if you're a believer. Isn't that awesome? God's grace allows that. So what does that have to do with verse 6 of Philippians? Well, being I'm confident, first off, I can be confident that he, God, who began a good work in me, in you, We'll carry it on to completion. God has not set us up to fail at all. God has set us up to succeed. Succeed in what? Succeed in representing him and his kingdom in this world. Succeed in living in his grace. Succeed in sharing his mercy and forgiveness around the world. The gospel message. Succeed in being faithful to our commitment to being to letting Jesus be our Lord and Savior. Because when, when e- any of you who are saved, when you came to the Lord, when you said, I want to be saved, you said, I want to commit my life to you, God. That's what you said. You may not have said those words, but that's what you said. That's what it means to give yourself to the Lord. Surrender to the, to the, the Lord, Lordship, the kingship of the Lord in your life. Dying to self. I no longer exist. It's Jesus in me who lives. Isn't that, isn't that great? The guy, the man that y'all see right now is not the man that used to live in this body. By God's grace. Thank the Lord. All right. We got the heat on. I know you're thawed out. There's some amen opportunities here, y'all. It's time to get excited about our God. I'm trying to I'm trying to encourage you to be thankful so that when you go to Thanksgiving. Uh, dinner with your family you can't stop talking about God because you're grateful because you love God because he loves you because you know what God has offered you not because it's been told to you but because you're living in it isn't that great I thank God that he's working on me every day it's his grace that me 
He knows I'm not going to get it right every day. He expects me to get it done better than I did yesterday, but not right every day. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall short. I might not do it exactly. I might miss opportunities. We might, we might give in to temptation one day. Then we go back to grace and forgiveness and mercy. Right? It's God's grace. It's God's grace that we, it, really God's grace and God's love, aren't they one and the same? Right? We started off with God's love and God's wrath and understanding the totality of God and thanking God for all of God, right? Not just the part we like and dismiss the rest. No, all of God. But His mercy and forgiveness is part of His love too, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it? All of it is part of God. God is love. Remember, we, we, we preach that God is love and God is not. It's not that God is wrath. He has wrath, but He's not wrath. He's love. So everything we can think of to be thankful for about our God is coming from His love. Including His grace. Ephesians, look, look here. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved. That's where we can start, understanding grace. Because you all know, and I know, and hopefully anyone else that's hearing me would understand if they don't understand, that none of us deserve salvation. None of us deserve to be in the presence of a holy God, the, the Creator God. But it's by His grace that He extends the invitation and makes a way possible for us to step into His presence. Not just step into His presence and live there, just because, you know, like, because we like sitting in the corner, but because we can have confidence in the blood of Christ that we can be before a holy God. That's God's grace. His patience. It's all one and the same. If you have grace for someone else, it's because you're being patient with them. Right? It's not that you're uh, tolerating to a point where you're Saying their behavior is okay sometimes if they're offensive or if they're in the wrong or if they're harming someone, you or someone else. You're just being patient with them. You're offering grace. When we're raising our children, we have to know how to do that, don't we? Because if we're always harsh on our children and never loving them, we, pro we most likely will fail as parents, won't we? We have to have a mix of discipline and love. And all of it should be covered by love. Children, I know this from experience, children don't understand everything. We think we do, but we don't. I grew up, until I, until I got saved and became a middle-aged adult, finally realized I don't know everything. My parents tried to tell me that almost every day of my life. But they had grace. They didn't insist on me accepting that truth. They just kept telling it to me until it finally dawned on me. Like, oh, maybe I don't know everything. I know you guys find that hard to believe. I'm not going to. What do you do with this grace? Isn't it, isn't it, a, isn't it a humbling experience? When you're thinking about, when you're, when you're just in deep thought about God's grace and everything that 
everything that grace touches in your life. Think about that. Every little thing that grace touches in your life. It's a gift, isn't it? That, God, that comes from God. It's nothing that's warranted. It's nothing that's purchased. It's not, well, it's not purchased by you anyway. Jesus purchased on the cross. Forgiveness and grace. Look at, let me look at Titus really quickly. Because not only are we saved by grace, but grace is all, also, and I, I apologize for the letters, they're probably too small. It's, it's Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. If you want to turn in your Bible, you can read it. And the rest of them are probably going to be the same way, because I'll, I'll try to tell you the scriptures. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. Titus is being instructed about his ministry. And it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation, which we just read about in Ephesians, has appeared to all men. This is chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. It teaches us, look, the grace of God, it brought us salvation, but it also teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled. I'll give you a pause for an amen right there. Isn't that so, isn't that so hard, y'all? Self-control. He says, upright and godly lives in, the, in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious preparing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, to purify himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Isn't that great, y'all? That's grace provides that. You and I cannot be Christians without grace. You can't do the Christian life. I don't, it doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how many times you read the Bible. It doesn't matter how many times you pray. Without grace, you cannot live the Christian life. You can't do it. That's what the law was, was all about. That's what the, the Old Testament teaches us. It's like, look, God says, here's what it means to be my children. These are the law. These are the rules. You go by these rules, and if you don't, if you break these rules, then here's how you take care of the problem. When you break these rules. If insinuates that it's possible that you wouldn't break the rules. You all know, and I know, and the Scripture tell, teaches us, that it's not possible. All have fallen short. We all choose to break the rules. And just because we enter into God's grace through faith, Repentance and baptism doesn't mean we will stop breaking the rules. However, grace, grace, according to what we just read in the, in, in, in the letter to Titus, grace gives us what we need to overcome some of those challenges, to be better at not breaking the rules, to say no to ungodliness. You realize that Satan is bigger than you. You realize he's more powerful than you. His lies are, are master crafted just for you. They're, they're, they're tailored just for whatever it is that will trigger your desire to disobey God. And without grace, we would never have what we need to defend ourselves. It's God's grace that we have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts. 
It's only by His grace that the only reason we have the Spirit of God in us is because our hearts are cleaned by the blood of Christ. And repentance is real. If you don't repent, if you don't let go of the wickedness in your heart, then the Spirit of God would never come in and replace that. And then you don't have hope. And you've, uh, you've pretty much uh, rejected God's grace in that, ma- in that manner. No, everyone has God's grace offered to them. Jesus died for everybody. Would you all agree with that? Jesus died for every person in this world. The problem is not every person in this world will be with him for eternity. Not because God didn't offer it to them. It's because they didn't want it. Because they love their sin more than they love God's grace. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6 once again shows us that God, we're a work in progress. He says, he says, He who began a good work in you, the one who came into your life when you committed yourself to Him and repented of being an offender of Him, uh, being a sinner, uh, you said, uh, I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to surrender myself to Jesus, to, look, to my Lord and Savior. It's not about me, it's about Him. Then the Spirit of God came into your life and began to change you from the inside out. And He's still working on you. Doesn't, if you're surprised by your brother or your sister in Christ when they do something wrong or don't act Christian in a moment, if you're surprised, it's because you don't understand that God's still working on them too. Now we're, get, now we're getting into, okay, well, maybe if, God, if God's extending His grace to us, then maybe if we're going to be like Him, if we're going to be Jesus, if we're going to be like Jesus, then we have to extend grace. Somehow. God help us all, right? Because we can't do it like God does it. We're not God. We don't have that capacity. This is why we need Jesus' help. Can we forgive better than we have in the past? Yes. Can we grow in offering grace to people on a regular basis? Yeah, we can do better. Every day we should be saying to ourselves, I'm not uh, I'm not quite there yet. The Lord's still working on me. But praise God, I'm better than I was yesterday. Because we're God's working on us. And it's His grace and patience that allows Him to continue. Because if He didn't have any patience, and if this grace wasn't a real thing, He would have dismissed us at, from Adam and Eve. How long do I... Jesus Himself, He's like, how long do I got to put up with these knuckleheads? That's what he said. He's like, how long, how long do I got to put up with these guys? They're not paying attention. How many times did, did somebody in the Old Testament talk, talk God out of his anger? Golden calf, for example. God's like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of these guys. I'm tired of these people worshiping things that they create, acting like I'm not even here. I'm just going to destroy them. That's what I'm going to do. And Moses is like, hold on, God. Remember your love. Remember your your grace. Remember your promises. His patience. Look at this right here. Second Peter chapter three verses eight through ten. You, you, you ever wondered? Uh, ever since you've been a believer, ever since you've been, if you grew up in the church or if you didn't, it doesn't matter. Somebody has told you that Jesus is coming back. 
Somebody has said to you that Jesus taught and the scripture teaches that one day that Jesus will come back and this will all be over with and it will be said and done. If you don't know that, then now you do. And if you've been studying the word long enough and you've been walking with the Lord long enough, you might wonder from time to time, when is Jesus coming back? And there's, I'm going to tell you this, there's days when I'm just like, you know what, if today is the day, that'd be great. Because this world ain't that easy to live in, is it? And then there's other days when I'm just like, Lord, if you could just give us all one more day. Because you know people that in your family and in your house or in your neighborhood that aren't saved. And if Jesus shows up right now, it's over for them. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough, isn't it? Because it, it, we, we don't have the patience to wait for people to accept God's grace. We want people to come to church now. We want people to believe the gospel now. We want people to stop sinning now, especially when the people that live in our own home, especially when they're our children and our grandchildren, especially when it touches our heart in deep ways. We even look at our own part of the world and we pray that our nation would turn back to God and repent. Right? And we pray that every day. And we pray that people would see that, that God is real and that what we've been preaching all these years since Acts chapter 2 is the truth and nothing's changed. And we fervently pray, pray about those things. And we beg God to do something in the hearts and minds of those we care about. And we should. Sometimes we get in this panic like God's not doing anything or something's not happening or whatever's going on and we lose our patience. And sometimes it causes us to forget about grace when it comes to the sinner. It's, it's easy to love the believer even when the believer is not acting so great. Everybody loves the preacher unless he's stepping on your toes. But, but it's not so easy to offer love and grace and patience to those heathens that live in this world. Because we forget that we once belonged to that group. We forget that maybe some of us, maybe, let me talk for myself, maybe some of us, we're leaders in those groups of people. As Paul puts it, I was, he was, Paul says he was the chief of sinners. You think about what God has saved you from and how you used to be before God got a hold of you and before grace invaded your heart and invaded your life and made you who you are today and is continuing to work. This, it brings me so much hope. Because sometimes you think about how, how often have you failed God or maybe I'm just not doing it right or maybe we're not doing everything we can and God would give us hope in, through his grace. He's like, okay, but I'm not done with you yet. You don't worry about that. I ha I'll handle that. I'm handling this. You just continue to be faithful. You keep loving me and you keep loving people. Is it that hard to do, y'all? I'm asking me too. Is it really that hard to do to just surrender and trust God and His grace? 
We all want to say, no, it ain't that hard to do. Let's go do it. Yeah, let's go do that. But we all know it's difficult at times, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard to rest in the arms of God. It's hard to rest in the plan of God, the will of God. Because we don't know what it is sometimes. We don't know what He's doing sometimes. We don't know why He's not responding in a certain way that we thought He might or would. Or what, that we want. Why isn't He answering this prayer? Why doesn't He get involved in that? How come people don't want to come to church? Because the lies of Satan have distracted them from the reality of God's grace. And it's also because the church needs to go out and show them that same grace. So, there's Second Peter. He says, uh, verse 3 says, But do not... Did not mean to hit that button. There it goes. He says, where'd it go? Oh, yeah. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, praise the Lord, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. That's some powerful words right there. What I saw in there was God is patient because he loves everybody. That's what I see. But the reason God is tarrying so long, the reason Jesus hasn't come back yet, is because God loves all of us. And you might sit back and say, well, not, you just said not everybody's going to be in heaven because not everybody will be saved. That is true. doesn't mean God doesn't want that. Because God doesn't force himself. But just because some people left this world and decided not to receive God's grace doesn't mean there's not more people to come that will. We're on God's plan. God doesn't function on our time clock and he doesn't function in our calendar. And if we're going to live the Christian life and we're going to live powered by his grace and forgiveness and mercy because of Jesus on the cross, if we're going to be those people and we're going to love people with God's grace, then we need to be on his time. On his schedule. When he does something, that's, that's when we do it. When he leads us, that's when we go. When he tells us to wait, that's when we wait. Because here's what's going to happen. One day Jesus will show up. There's, there's preachers even right now, There's pre- every time the world goes bad, some preachers start talking about this is the end times, this is the end times, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. What I know is, is Jesus will come back one day, and this right here tells us it'll be like a thief in the night. So why am I going to spend my time and energy trying to figure it out? I got I got people to love. I got a Lord. I got a God to worship. I got to get myself in the, at the feet of Jesus so He can keep working on me. And that's what you should be doing. And if Jesus shows up before I get done with this message, then praise God. And if He don't, then praise God anyway, because it's His plan. He's, it's his way. 
Who am I to tell God anything? Who am I to question anything? Let's look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 to 5. He's, he's getting it. He's in. Uh, he's writing this letter, and he's getting on to the Jewish uh, people about the Gentiles in in Romans chapter two, and he's kind of kind of being harsh with them, and he's saying, "Look, do you show contempt for the for the riches of his heart of his kindness because he's being kind because he's offering the gospel to the uh, the Gentiles? Tolerance and patience, like his kindness, tolerance and patience. Don't show contempt for that. So it's not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance." God's grace, mercy, love, patience leads you to repentance, y'all. But because your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. I'll never, uh, I, I don't know that I'll ever wrap my mind around someone who would believe that God is a wicked God. Just because the Bible talks about his wrath. The Bible talks about the magnitude of his wrath. The Bible talks about the justness, the justness and the righteousness of his anger toward those who are his enemies, who, who, who offend him, who do not surrender to his lordship. Because God has done everything by his grace to offer a way out of that. There is no grace in existence that matches God's grace. If, if we're not living, if we're not living intentionally standing in God's grace every day, being more and more made holy by his Holy Spirit and his word, then we're in contempt. I know you don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to. I don't want to say that to me. I don't want to say to me, you, sir, are in contempt of the Most High Court. But we are, if we're rejecting God's grace, if we're rejecting God's ways, if we're demanding something other than what God is doing, as if His grace is not sufficient. As if his mercy and forgiveness and patience means nothing. How insulting. So that brings us back to Philippians chapter 1 once again. This is, I hope, I'm, I'm bringing you back to this scripture because I want you to take it home with you as filling your heart with hope. Right? Because I, I don't want you to live in the wrath of God and the fear of the warning. The warning is there so that it will push you into the God's grace. We can be confident that God, who began a good work in you, the believer, will complete it. How do I know when I'm there? How do I know when God's finished with me? When I'm standing in the presence of God, I'll know. Whatever day that would happen. Maybe, I don't know, I might live to be 102 in this world. But I might not live to be 52. We don't know, do we? We don't know. And here's, here's, here's some harsh truth if you haven't already realized it. You don't need to know how long you're going to be in this world. All you need to know is that God is real 
and His grace is abundant. And He loves you so much that He wants to continue to work on you, continue to make you what He created you to be so that He'll be glorified, so that you can enjoy the blessings of His grace and His patience. Isn't that great? I get to stand up here and read the Bible to y'all and teach the Bible to y'all and praise God in front of y'all because of God's grace. If y'all look, if y'all were to know everything I've done in my life, you would never have hired me. And I have to I say that to you because I'm saying it reminds me that God hired me anyway. God called me to preach. God said, "Hey, now that you're with me, here's what I want you to do." about it. And I said, I'm in a, uh, I've done that for two years. Hem-hawed around like Moses or somebody. But I'm going to tell you what. I've watched God's grace work in people's lives. Change people. That we, nobody ever thought would change. I've had people that I don't even know send me messages saying, hey, because of you, this happened or that happened. And I know it's because of God's grace. There's nothing that this man is going to do to change anybody's life except surrender to God and let him have his way. The same is true for you guys. The same is true for every believer. God sent Jesus to the cross so that you can be reconciled to him, so that you can go out into the world and let his grace overflow out of your life into someone else's life. And he, he knows we're broken vessels. He knows we're not perfect. He knows we're not there yet. I don't know, I don't know about you, but it's like sometimes you're sitting on the bench, right? And, you, and God says, hey, you're in the game. And you're like, uh, somebody else can do that, right? Because I'm not that good. And God's like, I'm picking you. You're the one. I'm picking you. Just go out there and do it. He has so much patience for us. So much patience. I can't even I can't even I can't even imagine what it would be like if we could be as patient as God is with each other. I can't I can't even imagine how much work we could get done for the kingdom in the community if we could just be as patient as God is with us with other people. Right? I don't know how many I, you know, you, you go to somebody's house, maybe they're believers, maybe they're not, but they're not living like it. And there's something in us that says, this guy's supposed to be a believer, or this doesn't get faith. And then you, then you decide, I'm, I'm probably not going to hang out with those people because they're not believers. How are we going to make disciples if we're not around those who are lost? I'm not saying participate in their sinful behavior. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, how are we going to share God's love and grace if we're never around those who don't know anything about it? It's one, it's easy to love each other that way, isn't it? I think it is. Sometimes. But it's not so easy to love those who are lost the same way we love the believers. Why is that? don't think it's God. I don't think it's his fault. Right? It's because we're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Sometimes God has to push me 
sometimes he has to say, I know all about that person, but I want you to go with them anyway. I want you to love them anyway. I want you to be nice to them anyway. I want you to do something for them that shows them who I am anyway. Grace. We can, it's easy to say love God and love people, but when we start talking about grace, that's a whole different dimension of love, isn't it? Because it includes, lo- especially includes loving the unlovable or the enemies or those who aren't like you, right? There's a lot of people that aren't like me, and it's not really because I'm a one of a kind, but it's just there's a lot of people not like me in this world. There's a lot of people that do things that I'm not interested in doing. Nothing wrong with it. It's just not my thing. I'm not going to skydive with y'all. I'm just saying that. It's not my thing. But I'll be on the ground to love you when you get down there. But I'm, I'll help you out. Stuff like that. Sometimes we spend sometimes we spend our time, our time, in ways that we would prefer to spend it other ways, but we're doing it because we're trying to love people, trying to share grace, trying to be merciful. And when people finally come to you and say, "How do? Why do you live this way? How, how is it that you're like this?" and you can say, "Because I'm a work in progress." God has not done with me, but he's done all these things. And I didn't used to be this way. And it's not just me, it's anybody. Anybody who wants to be on that program should be on that program. That's the gospel. That's God's grace in this person. It takes all the heat off, doesn't it? Because I don't have to get up every day and wonder and worry, am I going to get it right for God today? Because if if, if God didn't have patience, with us. Every morning would be so so much anxiety in my heart. I gotta get it this I gotta can you imagine living in the law? I, I don't have that many animals. I don't have enough animals. I would never have enough animals. I wouldn't have enough money to buy enough animals. I couldn't do anything to make up for how many times I would fail God. That's the beauty of Jesus on the cross though. Perfect, isn't it? I'm thankful for his grace. I'm thankful for his patience. Because I know I'm extra grace needy a lot of times too. If you don't know the Lord, today's your day. If you're not, if you do know about the gospel and you just haven't made your commitment, I don't know what you're waiting on. It's not going to be any different tomorrow than it is today. Just say yes. Just step into God's grace and let him start working on you. It says if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you should repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Confess Christ, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? And it all begins there. And it's a journey from then until the time Jesus comes back. I love you and the Lord loves you. Let's stand together and sing. If we have a decision to make, let's do that. Uh, if, If not, then let's sing like somebody loves us and Sing like Jesus died for us. You ready, Frank?